<laughs> Zoom sounds. The mm-hmm. sound quality is really the best on the. I know. Zoom. Sorry, I'm like making gross mouth noises. <laughs> Some people like that. I think they like like the clinking of ice or like uh, sipping. I don't think they like gross chewing. Like. I mean, I listened to some ASMRs of, like, your girlfriend's a kitten and she's, like, licking your ears. Mm-hmm. And they definitely made a lot of mouth sounds. Kittens? Like, like slurping and stuff. Yeah, but it's weird. It's weird how that works with humans because animal sounds are much less annoying and infuriating than human sounds. Like, I don't get no- noise rage from my cat snoring, but I get noise rage from, like, a man <laughs> snoring. Right. Because uh. animals are so innocent. I don't even know. Like, I don't know why they're not infuriating. It makes me think that there's some sort of like underlying subconscious You've resentment. You've never been annoyed by like a dog with like respiratory problems and you know it's not its fault, but you're still kind of like, oh, like shut up. Yeah, maybe, but only if I didn't think the dog was cute. You know what I'm saying? Like if it was yeah. a cute dog, then I was like, then I'll, I'm like, oh, <laughs> it's funny because people tolerate in animals what they don't tolerate in humans, such as like disability or like dwarfism or whatever. <laughs> shitting inside yeah they're like oh look at that cat with tiny one one inch stump legs and they see like a human who's a dwarf and they're like kill him (laughs) pissing on the couch yeah Mm. Uh, sorry oh god (laughs) i um dosed myself yeah dosh is high Uh, i just recklessly took an edible and I got way too high, and that's just my own fault. <laughs> Do you know how much you took? No, it was just like uh, maybe like forty milligrams. I don't know. That's a lot. It was like a random dummy. <laughs> and I like didn't think about it, uh, and then it took me a while to like leave. Yeah, I was like sitting on my floor, <laughs> like staring into the mid distance. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but I'm drinking water. I'm trying to pull it together. Yeah. Are you okay to pod? Yeah. We should just stop now and it'll be a, um, bless you, two minute and 22 second I'm episode. okay to pod. I mean, yeah. We're not talking about anything too um, hard hitting today. Yeah. I'm mostly prepared. Yeah. You know. I just took like 10 milligrams to get on Dasha's level. So <laughs> you know, I'm going to get progressively more retarded. Yeah. Um, the takes will get more psychedelic. Yeah. Um, so that girl in Portland, to research that story, I, <laughs> I googled um, Portland pussy girl. <laughs> and um, nothing came up. And I had to modify. But, um, <laughs> except for like porn. Yeah. So then I had to look up like naked woman protest. <laughs> is, is there Antifa porn? Interesting. Is that is that a, j- a genre that mm. will be born from the rubble, from the ruin of a? That's very interesting. American looter and rioter. Well, I feel like B- uh, BDSM people are usually Antifa. There's like definitely overlap. Yeah. So it'd have to be like maybe you're like a a factory worker, and your dom is like he owns the factory. <laughs> <laughs> you know. Um, it's probably pretty political, but I bet the dynamics are um, pretty BDSM centric. The Antifa porn, mm-hmm. I, yeah, I want to know if there's like a targeted 
marketed genre. Like Jamie Peck has done porn, right? <laughs> she's kind of Antifa, but she's Anna. not. I'm just saying. Anna. <laughs> but a statement of fact, not a value. I didn't say anything mean. Um, it's, it's true. Yeah. It's true. A lot of some other people on the on the left have done porn. I, that I will not be naming names. Unlike that girl in the Exxon Mobil thread. I got fappeninged basically when I posted my own nudes on my finsta while I was on Ambien. Yeah, but you've done like nude scenes in movies, so yeah. there's stuff available. Yeah, Mr. Skin. Yeah. But, I mean, like, you know, you can have like a porno movie that's like a Karen in like yoga pants getting pulled out of her car by <laughs> Antifa and <laughs> gang banged <laughs> in the Cha zone. Oh my God. There's like trash everywhere. Yeah. <laughs> It's like you do it next to a fire. And it's like guys with bandanas and like full sleeve tattoos. I mean, that's what people want. That's what their, that's what their libidinal drives are. To watch Antifa ravage Karens. (laughs) No, I mean Antifa. Like they want to have these like kind of libidinally charged kind of combative experiences. Yeah. It is like weird and sexual. It It has like a a horny component. Tinge, yeah. Um, yeah, I just Googled Antifa Athena because she was called the Portland Athena because she's like, you know, f- a yeah, fertility right. figure, Greek goddess. She showed her pussy to the cops. Yeah. <laughs> I did that pose in front of my mirror. <laughs> like after or? Yeah, to like see what. <laughs> <laughs> I like that you're really committed to acting. It's cool. That's method. I just wanted to like feel the, the affect of it, I guess. Mm-hmm. But... Yeah, people really liked this image. <laughs> but there's no front. We we don't even know no, what she looks mysterious. like. she's She's wearing a beanie. Yeah. Disgusting. Yeah. Do you think she's a butterface? <laughs> but her pussy is so beautiful, it doesn't matter. Yeah, it made those police officers throw down their shields. <laughs> um, they resigned from the force that day. Adam McKay, the director who did like fucking whatever, Talladega Nights and like, Step Whatever. Brothers, a great movie. What is it? Step Brothers. Oh, yeah, yeah. What is that? Um, Will, Will Ferrell, Ferrell and what's his face? The guy who kind of looks like Will Ferrell, but if you smushed uh, his head. God. John C. Riley. John C. Riley. Yeah. Who one time um, helped me up when I was roller skating. I like fell down at a roller rink and this guy helped me up and it was John C. Riley. And he's really secretly very good at like roller skating and does it recreationally. That guy's probably really popular with the ladies. I've never been starstruck before, honestly, until John C. Riley. I like was very like d- taken aback by him. Uh-huh. You know, he has he has a real charisma. Yeah, he has a, he has like um a face he's like very, a very funny. A, yeah, he has a lot of charisma. He's funny. He and he looks kind of like a chewed up baseball mitt, mm-hmm. which women find is irresistible. Pretty That's good actor. Mm-hmm. Seems like he's tall. Yeah, he is. He's very big. Yeah. He's like a big, he seems very kind. Yeah. Um, I like, I, I think the first time I was starstruck was when I saw um, Philip Seymour Hoffman schlepping around like the West Village yeah. in pajama pants and That's like a, house slippers. Yeah. That's a big one. Because you really respect their, their, their celebrity. Yeah. You, know, you don't want to like encroach on it. Yeah. And I like that kind of like uh, disheveled like Tony mm-hmm. Soprano getting the newspaper in the morning, like Matt Chrisman, big hulking male thing. Yeah. He, like, doesn't want to be Philip Seymour Hoffman. He just is. Yeah. He has to, like, live with that burden. Mm -hmm. So. (laughs) Yeah. Um, 
So Adam McKay tweeted, I still can't get over this image. I don't know if I ever will. It's horrifying and beautiful and profane and sacred. I really hope we never (laughs) find out who she is. America loves to wreck things with names and jobs and celebrity. Horny police. Yeah, it's Arrest my man. (laughs) My man horny. Um, (laughs) And he also tweeted some other iconic images of these so-called troubled times. The St. Louis gun couple. This Mm. young woman who looks kind of like a normie hipster Katie from Vanderpump Rules girl Mm. and is holding a My Body, My Choice placard. But she's talking about masks not abortion i've seen that and then that like iconic black girl standing in the flowing maxi dress like standing down uh cops and riot gear in baton rouge louisiana yeah and i was like where where's the sailor socialism thing i trolled him i trolled him i had to because i was like that is that not an iconic image this is that that's the image that really started thank this, you this whole era what about the homosexuals which homosexuals that they sailor socialism resonated with them oh yeah because i was drinking iced coffee and being a bitch which yeah gay guys love yeah <laughs> um looking adorable but yeah he's um horny he's horny posting and he's pointing out a very banal thing about like how our times are aesthetic yeah um and unfortunately that aesthetic like sucks dick yeah it sucks dick and they're aesthetic because they're nothing else there's nothing else that they could be they're not like spiritual or intellectual or even cultural they're just purely aesthetic um and i saw a couple of people like complaining that if she had been fat and or black Mm -hmm. this image wouldn't have gone as viral which is bullshit because it actually would have been just as if not more i don't know I don't know. I think that there's definitely something like non-threatening about it being like a skinny white girl. Yeah, I heard she was Asian. Okay, So maybe. She's a little like ambiguous, but I don't know. I think people do... Yeah, she's less... It would be more threatening. It would probably go viral, but it would be a totally different context. It wouldn't be like, look at this, like... Sacred and profane yeah. <laughs> image. Um, she emerged as it's an like apparition. It's to be, like, depoliticized or something, but... Yeah, but in another case of white women making it all about themselves. Mm-hmm. Or uh, Asian women who are effectively white now in this economy. Do you think... Is that... Do you think her pussy is really beautiful? Is that the... I don't think the cops could have seen her pussy from that distance with goggles and shields. <laughs> yeah. Um, but just, what do you think? <laughs> I mean, I don't think any pussies are that beautiful. Yeah. I don't know. I think it's a psyop. It's the like waist pre- to hip ratio pre- was not popping. It, it wasn't. It was fine. She had a nice bod, but it I was wish like... she had a big fat ass. Yeah. <laughs> she was like a pog. <laughs> I wish she was a vlog. No, that would be a powerful image. Yeah, if she had like a, a tiny, like four inch waist and like mm. 63 inch <laughs> hips. Um, uh, it would have been cooler if she like showed them her butthole, like flipped around <laughs> and spread cheek. Yeah. The beanie was a dead giveaway that it was like Ooh. a psyop. Mm-hmm. Totally. Wearing but, a fucking wig. Yeah. I mean, I don't know what's going on in <laughs> Portland. It's There was a protest Ugh. last night in New York City yeah. that, that was like in solidarity with Portland. But like Portland is like a, a city with like 0.8 black people. Again, it, it 
But there, but the problems escalated now because they're, yeah, they're a very protesty culture. Yeah, and now there's like, I always pronounce it wrong. Gestapo, 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 Gestalt theory, Gestapo. There's like, it's the optics are really bad, and it seems like now we're just like oppressing people who just want to like. Just let them have Portland. Yeah, I mean, there's a weird situation where there's all these rumors of, like, uniformed people in black vans snatching protesters off the street and, like, disappearing them. Mm -hmm. And Trump, I guess, has deployed feds up in there. Um, In part, but also, they've created this impossible situation where, like, the cops can't do anything. If they react and try to enforce the order, you know, everybody's looking at them. Mm -hmm. So they have to find all these other covert ways to, like, wrangle people and keep the peace which really means probably to continue to divide people and, and allow them to fight each other in the street for like the optics i don't know oh God. and i i liked um i liked caitlin flanagan's take on it she said what's happening in portland is in the night kitchen and the protesters have the upper hand they've taunted tump, trump thump into mm. sending his goons who mm-hmm. are typically competent enough to outrage the nation but too incompetent to send the kids off to bed portland hands off Mm. and it's like you know it it feels like you know i don't really trust the twitter accounts of guys and vans disappearing people i think each side has a a particular there's Mm. like you know the it's like i think taibi said this there's like a fox news narrative that the protesters are all like Like antifa retards feels like a psyop even if it's not yeah it's like we're making our own psyops yeah we're like generating them ourselves Mm -hmm. (laughs) yeah it's like a user generated psyops yeah that's what's so dark about it and this whole thing is like literally a bonding activity for antisocial people because they you know this is the only way that you can feel like political pretense um but like then there's the msnbc narrative that the authorities are all bad and evil and mm-hmm. poor Michael Tracy is caught in the middle of it. What happened with Tracy? I don't know. He's in Portland, but like he he's like the one roving journalist who's like They hate him. They hate him, yeah. <laughs> he probably likes it. I think he he's yeah, there he thrives he on likes, it. He likes the negative attention. He loves the hate, yeah. He um, gets he got positive attention in New Hampshire. Oh yeah, this Remember? those people yeah. People were like asking him for his autograph and shit and I was like they didn't even know who the fuck we were. Yeah. I was like, damn, I was like in New York City, we're kind of a big deal. <laughs> Do you even know what Red Scare is? Um, then there's all this, um, you know, roadblock protesting going on, mm-hmm. which I only learned about now because a couple of guys were mansplaining it to What's me. There's, that? It's when protesters circle a car and try to prevent, like, random people from leaving the site because mm-hmm. um, if they step on the gas and try to accelerate, they can be tried for, like, manslaughter or murder. Oh, my God. And it's, you know, this thing that's, like, designed it you know on you catch like random people in the crossfire and it's like everything's like a provocation by aggressors masquerading as victims like totally you know imagine if you were driving in a car and some people circled your car like wouldn't your first instinct be to pump the gas oh my god i'd be so scared i know yeah um and there was a guy who was shot dead in austin Hmm. by the driver of one of these cars and then on second look it turned out that he was arming or um pointing an ak-47 into the car oh my god so the guy stop it so the guy the driver shot and killed him but that's like 
self-defense, right? If somebody's point, if you're like staring down the barrel of a gun. I mean, I mean, what you, in a in a yeah, there's moment just horrible of violence. Yeah, that feels senseless. Yeah, and like nobody's right, like nobody's right, nobody's wrong, whatever. But like, um, and of course they're not reporting the race of the driver because he's probably not white, but he's mm. in custody and he's cooperating because he didn't do anything wrong technically. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it sucks. It just sucks ass. Yeah, and it just yeah, it, it's weird because it's like. What's that term like simulacrum? Yeah, I'm like <laughs> I'm like getting high now. Yeah, the simulacrum. Well, the idea is that the the simulacrum refers back to a referent, right? Yeah, it's like a map. Yeah, but now we have a bunch of simulacra without reference. You know, like this pussy Portland pussy girl, mm-hmm. and everything. It's like it's literally really damaged. Yeah, it's really like gross. The beanie. <laughs> the beanie was offensive. Ugh, come on. She could be a little hotter. She should have, yeah, she should have had, this is one of those th- um, times where having like those sausage curls that I loathe, like the news anchor <laughs> sausage curls would have been yeah. a good thing, I guess. I don't know. It, it There's something just taking the context out of it. There's something really gross about being fully naked, but wearing a cheap $5 bodega beanie. And sitting on the on the ground, ground. with your like labia brushing <laughs> against. <laughs> Gross. Couldn't be me. There's just like yeah, like fucking never pebbles shit like that. Your, yeah, you know when you go to the beach mm. and you get sand everywhere, and there's like sand in your yeah. pussy and under your boobs, and you just feel like a gross swamp monster. Ugh. That's how the chip feels in the Chaz. <laughs> yeah. Um, I can you imagine? Would you ever get naked for uh, to protest? I would never protest. No, yeah. I wouldn't really. <laughs> God, no. I can't imagine. I would show my tits like at a sporting event, or yeah. if I was really drunk. I would yeah. definitely show my tits, and um, and like almost have on camera. <laughs> You've done this before. Yeah. I've like shown my tits when I was drunk. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. When Obama won, I was like. (laughs) You showed tits. (laughs) (laughs) Um, But yeah. uh, I don't know what I was going to say. Oh, yeah. um, Also, I was like watching that video of like AOC on the house floor. I can't even. I can't. It's so cringy to me. I can't. I know. Everything. But that's the thing, like everything, even... Someone called her a bitch, and she, like, made all these sassy videos. Ted, Ted Yoho, he's a congress... Ted Yo-Yo. Okay. Um, called her a fucking bitch, which, like, <laughs> by the way, if somebody calls you, if another... She kind of is. ...politician, but if another politician publicly calls you a fucking bitch, that means you've won. Yeah, so true. Like, you don't even have to clap back. Mm-hmm. He looks bad automatically. Totally. What he did was totally inappropriate. You don't call a woman a fucking bitch. I don't care if it's, like, <laughs> AOC or whoever. It's true. Um, but, like... But I think, you know, men find her to be very scary. When my friend's dad, like, is very scary. Like, I've noticed a kind of ambient fear that men, some, like, t- kinds of men really have about AOC. 
is it like a horny kind of fear or it's weird uh, it's definitely kind of resentfulness of like her desirabilities built in there it's complicated yeah your friend's dad hates aoc yeah and like i've heard i feel like there's a general kind of sentiment that's like she's scary you know yeah i don't even i don't think she's i think like ilhan's scary i don't think aoc's scary but she's like um uh, just annoying I experience her as mostly annoying. I actually don't experience her at all as a per- like. I can't imagine what she's like as a person. No, nor do I care to find out. You know, but yeah. um, like, do you know, like, do you really have to hijack the house floor to deliver a lesson in decency, which is what like the New Yorker called it? And it was like, no, it was a lesson in like maudlin manipulative indecency, mm-hmm. like. As the daughter of a father who no longer is alive to witness his daughter being called a fat cunt. (laughs) I think it's time for you to make a statement, Anna. Yeah, if I pull that kind of move. speak out against the hater. (laughs) No, if I pull that kind of move, my fucking dad would come out of the grave and call me a fucking bitch himself. (laughs) Totally. (laughs) oh man but yeah oh my god but everything is like i was thinking about how like the real russiagate isn't Mm -hmm. that there's collusion which there isn't um (laughs) it's that there's been like a cultural russification and everything resembles the late soviet union or like that's the real Post, Russia gate. Yeah, dude. that's the real Russia gate. Or that's like Russia pill right there. Current heavily privatized Russia like uh, Antifa Athena is just pussy riot for Americans. Yeah. It's the same shit. It's like them fucking totally. and sucking in a museum. Totally. But I have to say that uh Nastya or whatever her name is. Mm. Natasha, I don't remember. Yeah. She's hot. Nadezhda. Nadezhda. Gorgeous. Girl. <laughs> oh my god, she's so beautiful. And she fully sold out. She has like a techno outfit now and plays at like gay guy, like Molly festivals. Yeah. Really? Yeah. She makes like weird, stupid, glitchy music. That's about like showing your pussy and being political. Literally. (laughs) Yeah. Like hating the cops and like showing your pussy like that. (laughs) It's true. It really is just God. It's all just a void. I know it sucks. I think I'm like getting high now. Fuck. No, that's good. The insights you're gonna that's good we'll have good insights. Yeah. Um anyway, but like yeah, the this Antifa girl reminded me Do of you like wanna sig? Oh uh, yeah, I would love one. Um what else are we what's uh, what else is on the docket? Oh Kanye's um, acting out of pocket. Kanye's acting out. Um burger records oh burger boogaloo yeah for sure i was statutory raped by garage rock guys i'm a victim of burger records or just in general i could cook up some shit for sure yeah but i like would never own up to having sex with those the people i've had sex (laughs) with like a guy in a hardcore band the girl who fucked the guy who lived in the back of the tape store and he would give her tapes and she was like there was a leverage of power and i was like fuck the guy (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> what are you talking about 
It's like madness. I mean, there's allegations that are totally legitimate where they fuck like 14 year olds and yeah, it's like really bad, but it's also like, that's garage rock. Like, yeah, and we like move past it as a society, I thought, but I guess we didn't because they're still like successful. Wait, who's successful? Like garage, like burger yeah. records. I was like, I haven't thought about them in years. Well, they shut down, right? Officially. They totally they did. I thought they tried to rebrand. They, okay, they hired a woman. They like dismissed all the old management, hired a woman to rebrand them, and then she did some sort of like burger, yeah, yeah. burger records, <laughs> burger records, um, basically, yeah. But uh, that's a good episode title. Love, go. love when it happens. Yeah. Um, but they shut. I'm sure that they shut down to, due to pre-existing like external factors having to do mm-hmm. with the economy that makes it very small for small or hard for small independent labels to like yeah exist not even labels but any organization and it which had probably gotten even worse after covid though i guess if they're selling tapes i'm sure people are buying tapes i don't know i have no idea i mean i don't know but it's all symbolic regardless yeah it's like yeah they rebranded but you were saying that now they just stopped existing yeah oh they're totally done the the woman who was brought in as their new interim president her name is justice the poor gray she announced that after doing like a searching moral inventory she wouldn't be able to help them out and so they like disbanded oh yeah what is going on i don't know but it all does of this feel cancel culture does feel a little loco i'm gonna be honest oh i thought you were gonna say local because this is very i mean there are lots of low it feels like there's lots <laughs> of really intense local instances like what happened to rathman in montreal and stuff where it's like these little scenes are having their little like me too moments that are like yeah very bizarre the, to me yeah 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 the barrios of elite overproduction <laughs> being 21 years old and fucking a guy who lives in the back of a record store like that's your bad wait how old was she 21 oh what yeah okay no it's like but she w- wasn't sexually experienced until later in life i.e was shy like total baby shit yeah wait hold on i'm gonna pee real quick okay we're having a sig. Um, I have two left, but they're Marvel 100s. They're really special. What? Why is that? I don't know. They're like longer than normal. Oh, ones. okay. Yeah. Um, yeah. I don't know. Uh, the the other thing that I was I was looking at the oh, what was it called? Like lurked by burger or something. They're lured by lured by. And then and then like and uh, the tactical know. Instagram that revealed that exposed Burger Records for the. I mean, musician, like, I saw Cole Alexander from the Black Lips getting me too and it's like, okay, that guy's, like, seems underliterate, you know? Yeah. Like, <laughs> musicians aren't, like, pedophilic masterminds. They're, yeah. like, horny <laughs> yeah. Like, what's, what are we talking no, about seriously. here? Like, <laughs> you, you fucked at Coachella? Like, sounds great. I don't yeah. know. <laughs> In a tent on the ground while wearing galoshes, like you're I bad. To tell you, yeah, mm. you live and learn, sweetie. I've been there. I will say that there is, there literally is, I think, a big problem with, like, for example, like when I was in, going to school at Rutgers University in New Brunswick, New Jersey, there was a big hardcore music scene. And a lot of those guys straight up fuck teenagers yeah. because yeah. they have high school girls coming to their shows and they're like all ages shows. That's exactly what Garage Rock was in the Bay. Yeah. Totally. And like, I believe that there's a lot of creepy underage sex shit. And I believe that a lot of them are probably like abusive and like 
coercive, yeah. but you know, again, to your point, this is not like an Epstein style pedophilia ring. No. It's <laughs> like a micro community or a subculture that's largely obsolete. Yeah, exactly. That's like yeah, too tolerant of um age discrepancies in relationships, but not anymore. Yeah, and I mean <laughs> <laughs> I think that they're like like okay. I remember even like meeting these guys and it was always some like 28 year old guy with like a chest plate oh who was God. also like clearly damaged and totally weirdo, was like yeah diabetic and <laughs> smelled like toe jam like his whole Miserable, body yeah like, depressed so like and like yeah I'm not like you know that is legitimately problematic but I think you handle that on like a private criminal level and I again like it's this it's the same thing on a micro scale um with what happened to like Harvey where like he was canceled and you know rightly so I don't think that like you know it's good that he was brought to justice on some level but um he was canceled once his power had already been exhausted right like he wasn't at the height of his power because tulip fever was a flop (laughs) (laughs) I love saying that fact (laughs) but these guys it's like again it's people accelerating things that have already been settled for them beforehand yeah like the fact that there's no independent music industry anymore yeah but i don't i mean i don't know anything about burger records i guess they were like mainly tape distributors i have no idea i've never they kept saying i kept reading about a band called the growlers and i was like why the fuck am i reading about what the growlers did (laughs) in like 2011 you know (laughs) like i don't god i can't possibly pay attention to this Mm mm-hmm you know i remember just like like, it's so pathological it's so deranged yeah it's madness like (laughs) it's just like yeah like going after like um small marginal records i guess so okay i i jotted down some notes from like this article on the burger records thing and um i guess the the former one of the former kind of founders of burger records said that all of the artists actually own their own music and are free to reissue their own records like independently if they want. Mm -hmm. And he said like, I hate dealing with lawyers. So we never signed contracts with the bands, which just goes to show how completely Mm. grassroots and DIY and small time this effort was (laughs) like, it's barely a record label. I think calling it a record label is even a little too. Yeah. But I mean, fuck those guys. They are like part of like, they definitely are gross. <laughs> yeah. They're definitely pervs. What did they do? Do you know about any... It's, I, uh, grooming. I, I don't know. It's like, it's really, it's hard to read all that, you know? <laughs> they need to stop grooming women and do some personal grooming. Like get a haircut. Sure. Invest in a Mason Pearson brush. My understanding is like that there were some like uh, legitimate like statutory rape legally speaking stuff and then there was just like a total pile on of like random like yeah i fucked cole at coachella and i was only 18 you know like yeah and he was 29 like who gives a fucking shit yeah like you're literally an adult by that point in terms of like autonomy over your body yeah but i sympathize i mean like i don't resent these people i sympathize with them like the accusers because it's just like people who feel again alienated and precarious mm-hmm. are lashing out yeah and everything is like designed to uh enhance your warlike tendencies or Social whatever media yeah um, literally like tactical 
battleground for these people. Yeah. And the other thing that like dawned on me when I was reading this lurked by Burger and also <laughs> for the last episode, lured by Burger, sorry. Lured. Um, and also the surviving the art world is that a lot of these accounts read like Chris Krauss style erotic fiction. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Or auto fiction. Totally. I love dick ass. Yeah, it is. It's like <laughs> I like yeah, it's like I love dick. They're like I love dick journal entries. I have some of those. Yeah, I do too. I burned all my diaries. Like, because uh, I was. did? Yeah, because <gasps> I, I was a surly little goth. Yeah, I can't part with them, but they're definitely embarrassing. They're, yeah, they're really. I mean. I left my diary at a bar once. Jesus. And this girl gave it back to me, and she said she didn't read it, and I believe her. She seemed like a really good person. That's. Wait, do you know the girl? No. She emailed me because my email was in the front. It was like my mole skin that I wrote, like, really twisted secrets. <laughs> <laughs> Just left it at a bar. Well, okay. Well, she uh, either read it, or she either read it and didn't say anything, or she didn't read it, which is you know both nice things to do. Yeah. Um, but it's like you know a friend of mine said this the other day. It's like you fucked me and you didn't even put on, put on any good music. Like you fucked me and you didn't even offer me a mm-hmm. cigarette after. It's like this kind of like erotic micro grievance. Yeah. Of like being treated poorly by a man that you desire, which is its own kind of like masochistic erotic experience. Yeah should you want to like lean into it that way you know which is what they're doing yeah i actually somebody on twitter because i was tweeting about susan sontag and joan didion in like a moment of like drunkenness Mm -hmm. and somebody was like you should read her uh, joan didion's uh essay on the women's movement which i i read back in college and i actually reread it on her suggestion which is a really good essay by the way um fantastic i think about it a lot but yeah and didion called it for sure dude and she was like, they, you know, she says in that essay, like, these women don't want revolution. They want romance mm-hmm. and they want a kind of restoration of their childhood, like a safe space. And she talks about, I mean, the times have changed, but she talks about these kind of suburban housewives who like left to their families and went mm-hmm. to some big city to pursue their dream of becoming a uh, famous writer or a famous artist. Mm-hmm. And it's like, well, y- you know, you want everybody to like bow down and pave your way for you and people's indifference is then interpreted as hostility yeah or their like tacit judgment or whatever and that women are not um a class that you can't really like organize them that way yeah because they're not they're not a class of people they don't share class interests yeah i i really like that point that that um Joan Didion makes in that essay where she talks about like first the kind of middle class revolutionaries tried to appeal to the proles mm-hmm. who were much more interested in securing material access and perks for themselves than they tried to yeah. make the minorities in a cl- into a class and they didn't take the bait and so they had to invent a new revolutionary class which was women. Yeah. But yeah, that was like great i mean the the idea that like this is all kind of like inf- infantilization like women infantilizing themselves yeah. and and skirting out of real adult responsibility which is like shitty and not fun they want to get treated with kid gloves but then also like demand to be respected yeah yeah that's well said and it's like again you uh command respect you don't demand respect mm-hmm. nobody's gonna give you like you're not automatically granted or warranted respect you really do have to earn it and like 
the problem with like adult responsibilities isn't that they're abusive or coercive it's mm-hmm. that they're boring and tedious and demoralizing on some level well these girls organizing again on these like instagram accounts fuck i'm so stoned That's okay <laughs> <laughs> I can't, I don't remember what I was gonna say. Something about girls organizing on Instagram I accounts. Know, but it was like ugh, I lost it. That's all right. <laughs> if I I'll, if it, if I think of it, I'll say it. Yeah, you just like uh, interject. Wait, where'd you get these hundreds? Mm, some smoke shot. Oh, interesting. They're cool, right? Yeah, my mom used to smoke hundreds. They're nice. I remember smoking like a Virginia Slim's extra long cigarette on um Very the elegant. steps of bpl and some like puerto rican teens walked by and they're like yo that's a long ass cigarette and i felt so owned <laughs> damn i was like damn trauma trauma yeah mm-hmm. time to call out some minorities <laughs> from 10 years ago mm. but yeah i don't know it's i think everybody now is like this whole thing that we've talked about, like feminism basically being on some level a racket for people to like wriggle out of responsibility. That's That's what they're doing. They're infantilizing themselves. They're being like, you know, oh, I wasn't cognizant. I was only 21, 19, 22, whatever. Yeah. I wasn't cognizant of my, like I was a little girl basically. And I was like transgressed against, but like also I'm a feminist and like you have to take me seriously. And it's like, so fucking annoying yeah what what they're you know i understand i understand why like the violence of their like fake trauma feels so real to them because they're like stunted or something i don't know yeah and they can it it is like the kind of aocification of the landscape like they perceive again every minor injustice or microaggression or hostility as like personal to them mm-hmm. and it's not but it's much more flattering to live in, in a world where you're the target and not the collateral for sure and the fact is everybody's collateral everybody is expendable mm-hmm. in one way or, or the other aka no lives matter <laughs> i'm gonna keep hammering that because that's what it is uh, somebody shared like this graphic from like fortune magazine on twitter mm. that was like i'll pull it up it's insane um it was like the amount of wealth owned by generations. Mm. So the silent generation, the baby boomers, Gen X and millennials mm-hmm. and the generate or the wealth is measured as real estate, corporate equities and mutual fund shares, pension entitlements and other. And, you know, the silent generation owned 26.4 trillion baby boomers, 65.3 Gen X 22.2 and millennials own 6.1 trillion like a tiny fraction of what baby boomers owned wow which is scary I mean that it doesn't surprise me yeah I guess yeah we don't own you know my parents don't really own anything yeah (laughs) well that's the thing and it's like millennials now are in this spot where through uh processes that they have no control over themselves they will never own any assets for the most part and so they're left with what like owning people online that's their (laughs) only form of ownership i mean but that's like that's all they have yeah that's the only thing they can own 
yeah is like a post-internet artist <laughs> yeah they can own some gu- they can't even own his art love <laughs> <laughs> yeah if you really wanted to own john raffman you could just buy all his <laughs> destroy all his well they like um the montreal gazette I've been like beefing with a fucking gazette in Montreal that's like keeps <laughs> writing about John Raffin and like they said that like a city like decommissioned one of his like sculptures um, but it like was already installed it's like they're just being really like fake newsy about like amplifying these girls voices you mm-hmm. know and it's like done if it feels so sinister and I hate that I'm like <laughs> that we're steeped in this I know I don't want to fight. I don't want to have to fight these battles. I don't want to be a foot soldier in the culture war. Yeah, I don't either. It sucks. It's exhausting. Yeah. Call me a bitch shit all the time. (laughs) Yeah, they're like, you fucking bitch. You got to take to the house floor. (laughs) Hijack those White House steps. Um, My face might be a little asymmetrical, but (laughs) (laughs) I actually think it's cute. Some people think my mole is unique. <laughs> God. Um, but it's, I mean, it sucks because what, how do you, like, what do you prescribe? Like, if you start, if you tell people like, hey, I'm sorry, but you have to take responsibility for your life. Like, I refuse to do that because, you know, I will try to lead by example. But like, the minute that you start preaching and prescribing to people, you start yeah. sounding like Bill Cosby or, or uh, Ronald Reagan. Yeah. Pull yourself up by the bootstraps. I mean, we pontificate yeah but you can't like as a wide cultural strategy tell people like hey sorry pull yourself up by the bootstraps mm-hmm. you can't say that to people that have no means or resources by which to do that it's just yeah. indecent and rude it's true it's bad manners and like on the other hand you know these are you know not these we as a generation and mm-hmm. a revolutionary class now millennials are <laughs> have abdicated responsibility after the fact mm. and nobody really instilled us with responsibility I mean yeah Americans for sure immigrant kids I feel yeah like it's different for immigrants kind of a different thing I was I'm like pretty Americanized even in that regard I like you know I don't have a plan for like taking care of my parents yeah I'm like hoping it works out well do I think I've asked you this before, but do your parents, do they want and expect you to have children? Um, yeah. But they do. not like putting pressure on me or anything. Okay. But I think, yeah. Like or they, they would, would be, be happy. I don't know. Yeah. They pr- I think so. Would they be disappointed if you didn't have children? Um, uh, yeah, of course. I would be disappointed if I didn't have children. Well, yeah, but I mean, the reason I ask is because I was thinking about mm. like we've uh, we have talked about this, and a lot of other people have talked about this too. How like this whole kind of antinatalism thing, like assault on the family, assault on traditional kind of maternal yeah. responsibilities or whatever, is also an after the fact rationalization for the fact that a lot of millennials just feel like they can't afford to have kids, right? Yeah, and like that much is true, but also I think like their parents boomers of like the older millennials didn't really want or expect them to have kids they didn't care yeah you mean like older millennials yeah like people my age like Mm -hmm. my mom 
you know, growing up. You don't feel pressure to have. No, not at all. I don't feel any pressure to get married or have kids mm-hmm. or anything. Like my, my parents impose yeah. no structure or expectations on me in this regard. I guess mine sort of don't either. I mean, yeah, they don't really put pressure on me. Mm-hmm. But we're not, I don't know. It would feel weird if they did, I guess. We don't have that kind of relationship. Yeah, yeah, I agree. I mean, it's like, you know, nobody's at fault and you can't blame anybody for it. But it's like, um, you know, I think in more traditional families and immigrant families, like like the girls I grew up with who were from like India or Africa, like mm-hmm. they were expected to have kids. It was a great disappointment right. if they didn't get married. Yeah. Like that sort of thing. Um, whereas like American boomers... Well, they were, like, going to Burning Man and stuff and neglecting their kids. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, and they and they and were, like... being, like, yeah, man, life's a trip. Yeah. <laughs> like, good luck out there. Life's a chaz and then you die. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. I heard that, um... I heard that a New York chaz is over. I haven't really been um, following along. Yeah. I don't know. I got burned really bad by Best Buy, actually. Oh, yeah. You should tell your Best Buy story. I got fucked over really hard <laughs> by Best Buy, and I won't forget it. They've wronged me. I pleaded with them. They, like, called me the day they were supposed to bring me an AC and said, hey, we didn't get you. We they, Your AC's not on the truck, so we have to, like, reschedule your delivery, and mm-hmm. we'll call you tomorrow. They don't call me the next day. Mm-hmm. I call them. They're like, oh, sorry, we'll call you tomorrow and then no one calls me mm-hmm. again mm-hmm. so i keep calling them days go by finally i get an email that's like reschedule your delivery and i can't reschedule it until like at this point it's been like 10 days mm-hmm. since like i was supposed to get an ac and it's so hot in new york mm-hmm. i'm being i'm whining I'm sorry <laughs> but they <laughs> i just felt so powerless and they treated me so poorly. And I know it's not the fault of like the phone operators, many of whom hung up on me because I realized that I was being like, you a know, Karen. unreasonable. <laughs> Karen. I know I was like, I was being I'm like, I need to talk to somebody. <laughs> I like really felt like a fucking Karen. I was like, why can't you help me? Like, please. <laughs> like so cocked. And finally they said they would give me 50 bucks. And I was like, what the fuck? Because I was going to pay like $600 because I wanted them to install it too because I like, I'm too scared to, you know, yeah. lift a, a thing. And I was like $50, so I just didn't. Um, I canceled the whole thing. I said, I'm not giving you any money. And I got a AC from PC and Richardson mm-hmm. and they brought it up to my apartment, but I need to install it still. And so it's sitting there in a box. Yeah, but it hasn't been that bad. It's just kind of hot in my apartment and that's fine. You just have to get a straight guy to do it for you. I know. It doesn't even have to be one you know. Just like pay some guy just in the street. Anyone. Yeah. Any straight guy will do it. Yeah. It's, their, it's literally their job. It's their job, yeah. Um, That's why I need traditional gender norms. Yeah, me too. That shit's mad hard. Who else is going to open my email attachments for me? Caroline tweeted this, but being like a single girl is like scarier than fighting in a war, you know? because <laughs> it's it's way more existentially like so purposeless like par- perilous yeah yeah i mean a lot of this is like it's not so hard for me to be like try to navigate the world on my own you know yeah it's overwhelming i know it sucks 
that that's the trade-off i guess like being single sucks being in a relationship sucks too and you know in different ways but like the trade-off is it's it's nice to have like a a straight man with like functional well-developed arms to lift things for you definitely um just yeah and if there's an intruder they're there you know it's (laughs) he he pushes you in front of him to use as a human there's all this horrible senseless violence around it's like obviously i don't know you know it makes sense to couple yeah whatever i think it's probably getting easier now because everybody's out Mm. you know pulling people in new york are like um are people really sucking and fucking out there i don't know but it's like it's like women in tehran where like you know it's mandated that they wear a hijab so they pull it down as far as they can Mm -hmm. this is like people with masks in new york they're like yeah they're like about to put it on yeah but i wear it i'm like oh that's why i like um iced coffee once again is a great drink because you like if you're carrying an iced coffee then no one can yell at you for having your mask down because you're like i need to have act i'm drinking an iced coffee i'm doing something yeah that i can't wear a mask during. yeah i'm on a mission I'm trying to drink this giant iced coffee <laughs> <laughs> giant fishbowl goblet of tequila and hypnotic a starbucks trendy <laughs> I want to feel like I'm on drugs. <laughs> yeah, like fucking wired up. Um, should we talk about Kanye? I don't really care either way. Um, we can't talk about Kanye every episode. I know. He, that's what he wants. He wants yeah. us to talk about him and his meltdown. Yeah. Um, we can talk about Kim's response. Oh yeah, she. That was interesting. That was interesting. Yeah, people were like, Anna, do you really believe that she wrote it herself? Does it, matter? Well, does, it, does it matter either an assistant wrote it or she did but she's more than capable of using kind of like generic legalese language and to i've seen her in action yeah she's an intelligent girl and it's like i don't know it doesn't even matter if she wrote it or not because she's a total like symbol for us like yeah it doesn't really remember when she was toying with the idea of going to law school which is such an yeah. armenian thing to do i know i love that for her yeah it's so hilarious you're like a trillionaire she loves like justice <laughs> like, yeah. so, so cool um i love that no i said this on twitter too it's like kim is like a naturally a very classic armenian girl and that she's vain and mercantile mm-hmm. and like knows the price of everything and loves a good bargain um yeah but is also kind of solid and loyal well what do you make of like the kardashians like ruining every man who like comes into their clan like lamar odom and God, scott I, disick and i wish we had camille polia on the show because i'm sure she would have something to say about this yeah so now like i don't know i feel for kanye i feel yeah. like that kind of pressure is very intense and he's like cracking I mean, I think the Kardashians are like a harem of sirens Mm -hmm. and they work best as an ensemble and they like control and devour everything within their reach. Yeah, they're too powerful. Yeah, and like, I think her statement was also like damage control. Yeah, of course. It wasn't like altruistic. Did you find it patronizing? How she was like, yeah, lots of crazy people have dreams that might seem <laughs> like stupid or retarded to you, but. <laughs> Does it sound okay? Yeah. It okay, sounds... I guess we're back. Sorry. Yeah. No, it's a technical, technical difficulty. Oh God, it was so stressful. Yeah. That's the <laughs> Eli came and fixed it. He swooped in like a bat out of hell. 
We're back. I love men. I know. How could you so ever denounce helpful. them? They're so helpful. Truly. Yeah. I, I know. Shout out to what the fellas. It? Yeah. For really being good sports. <laughs> <laughs> the, this is a pro man podcast. Yeah. <laughs> or like the man show. Remember that show? It was I like do Adam Kroll and Jimmy very, Kimmel. Like, it was really bad. I was very young, but it kind of lodged itself somewhere in my subconscious, I think. Yeah. It was very sexual. And I remember being really titillated by it. Cause uh-huh. It had like those girls jumping on trampolines. Yeah, yeah. Which I thought was like, whoa, it like made me feel horny and weird. And I yeah. started like watch it, but I was too young to like understand it. Yeah, that so was. So it's interesting that I would now be part of a duo. <laughs> <laughs> That's pro man. Uh-huh. Um, Adam Carolla. Yeah. And Jimmy Kimmel. Yeah, Jimmy <gasps> Kimmel. But he he's from Las Vegas. Oh, really? Mm-hmm. He's a good old good Vegas boy. Oh, okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was Adam Carolla and Jimmy Kimmel, and then Adam Carolla went on to be branded as like some right winger and jimmy kimmel went on to be as the prince of late night liberalism no that's trevor noah i guess oh oh no one likes trevor noah yeah 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 it's i forgot who said this but it's like um you know back in the day in like the kind of mid 2000s early 2000s um there was like a showdown between tucker carlson and john stewart Mm. and like it's funny what became of them because we all thought that John Stewart would yeah be the guy with the crazy ratings, you know? Yeah, totally. And now it's Tucker. God. Should we talk about the Taylor? Oh yeah. <laughs> I didn't listen. Oh yeah. I tried to listen to it and then I like was like, I was like, I don't like it. I don't like the vibe. <laughs> so I just stopped. I was like, I'll listen to it later. And then I like got just too stoned and I was like, oh yeah. So this was Dasha's idea to listen to the Taylor Swift album. <laughs> and uh, I did. Well, I didn't. I actually listened. Dutifully, you did I, more than I, I dutifully listened to like, yeah, five songs fully. And then just kind of skipped around in the mm-hmm. last songs. Uh, this is like not Taylor's fault at all and has nothing to do with her per se. Um, but like one of my biggest complaints about it is that they packed too many fucking songs on one album. Um yeah it, maybe that's why it seemed like so many it was and 16 so re- repetitive and yeah i don't know it was like she heard doing like a bob dylan yeah or something uh, that made me feel bad and i just she's so fake yeah that her doing some like anguished thing i can't it's i don't know i mean all pop stars are like manufactured like un- un- exactly, but but her trying to be like kind of like unrefined and authentic and like yeah folky i'm like oh it's very like it feels wrong yeah yeah the the trick to being a manufactured pop star is that you have to convince people that it's effortless and you're not manufactured it has to be kind of invisible and with this album like the the aesthetic of it it's like trad it's like her in a field sacred you saw the sacred bones yeah records photoshop it's grill pilled. I any, hate that any phrase. Any fucking indie record label thing from that era could probably get me tooed. Just like I'm just thinking, I'm like thinking through like yeah all the various like alt scenes I've been peripheral to and like yeah, Nat Art's one of them. You know, just like yeah, that's like I don't know. Every single marginal subculture that we've ever dipped our toes in is rife with predators. I guess that's patriarchy. Yeah. <laughs> Um, but I had to make like a physical note to 
mm. listen to this album because I it wasn't something that I was at yeah. all excited. You're, to. Yeah, you're not really a Tay. I like some of her songs. I mean, yeah, I uh, liked actually. I, you know what? I stopped listening to it and then I listened to 1989 because I like that album. Yeah, better. that's a good album. Yeah. <laughs> And I listened to Wildest Dreams, which Jack Antonoff did not produce. I was surprised. Oh, really? To find out because it sounds that one to me is the biggest like Lana ripoff on that record. I mean, I thought this whole album folklore was her pathetic attempt to do Lana. Yeah. It no. was literally like in this. There's a song called Cardigan mm-hmm. where she talks about uh, him wearing her like a sweater or something. And it reminded me of Lana. You fit me better than my favorite sweater, which is one of her best lines yeah and it was just like that kind of that kind of like yeah but lana's authentically tortured yeah she's a poet and everyone can tell she's so tortured she got uh (laughs) wine mom highlights (laughs) exactly what do you think of her new look i haven't seen it what oh, should I Google? She looks crazy right now. She got like frosty highlights. Well, yeah, by crazy I mean totally normie. Yeah, well she is normie. She, yeah, she's just like in in her like private life she seems very normie. She wears like flip flops and shit. Yeah, she seems very chill, but she's like just actualized in this like persona artistically. Yeah, very very, very well. Yeah, which I like. Um, but. Mm. She's like an edgy normie, but she she's like packed on like 20 pounds and got crazy blonde highlights and looks like she's from 2003. Um, and Jack tweeted the other day that she looks she's like segueing seamlessly into being like a Jennifer Coolidge milf, Ooh. which is literally what she looks like now. Wow. Interesting. Yeah. I didn't okay. expect that arc from Lana. I know. That's that's what makes her so interesting. Yeah. But like. Yeah, who would think that um, in our age of uh, no subcultures or countercultures being like a normie is the coolest thing you can do? Yeah, Um, people find her to be very captivating. But yeah, there's like too many, there are too many songs in this album. Eli explained to me that's because of like streaming dynamics because they pay Mm. per song. So it's like better to, it's like economies of scale or whatever for music. Um, But... uh, there, yeah, there are two songs on the album, Cardigan and August, that just sounded like Lana ripoffs. <laughs> That's Lana. High heels on. High heels on. sensual <laughs> politics, politics. Are, are we gonna get slapped with copyright infringement she, by oh god Taylor Swift? she's so just she's not sensual she's like so sexless and weird like that's why the folklore or whatever it's getting really good reviews people are like oh my god it's just it's literally incredible. an album of filler for the wing <laughs> It's like millennial pink aesthetics. It's not even a bad album. It's not bad. It's just nothing. It's not very notable. Yeah. It's yeah. Weird. And like, uh, people were like, "Well, Kanye's having a meltdown on Twitter, and, and uh, Taylor just surprised everybody by releasing an album the day of announcing it." And it's like, "Well, she, she's uh. a professional musician. She, it's literally her only job is to release albums." Yeah. Or whatever. <laughs> um, yeah, yeah, I don't know. There's. There well, was another we song. That, we saw that doc, Miss Americana. Yeah. 
we we know we saw everything we needed to see yeah the weird thing about taylor taylor's like this weird creature who's like objectively attractive but completely void of sexual charisma the only other person i can think of who's like that is aoc they Mm. have the same kind of like millennial hr speak uh yeah lack of any kind of inner soul or depth which is maybe not true of them as people at the end of the day like if you knew them individually or whatever it's libido they don't they they lack a kind of like mm, they're not driven by they don't seem sensual sensually driven yeah you know they're like power hungry that's gross (laughs) yeah or they're like like hungry around someone that's power hungry or something but that is like it's not real justice it's not power symbolic and it's funny because i said this on one of our older episodes where we were talking about like taylor and and aoc and like caroline calloway and how Mm -hmm. like this is like a type of woman whose talent is to be hyper hyper articulate about themselves yeah that's all they're good at doing but they're really good at doing that professional narcissist yeah (laughs) and like a lot of her music is basically just like literally naturalizing for the audience what a good person she Mm -hmm. is and what a precious little girl she was yeah but there's not even like i like her like kind of more her early stuff that's like really giggly and like (laughs) yeah (laughs) really infantilized she's like (laughs) yeah i mean her like songs i just like i just like hanging out with you (laughs) like posy kind of like child vibes yeah but that's like what suits her yeah she should stick to that instead of trying to do like Totally. Dylan Lana mashup. Come on. Um, there's know. that weird song called Exile. Well, that's Jack bon Antonoff, Iver. right? Because he produces both of them. Oh, okay. So it's, it's like all his. It's yeah. all his doing, but it's he's did a really great job on Norman fucking Rockwell. Yeah, but I think maybe his style yeah. is more coherent with like Lana's Taylor's uh, just brand. Uh, I don't know. I um, respect her. I respect like the commitment to the bit. I guess. Who? Taylor. Taylor. I mean, I respect her a lot. We'll never see her slip. She's never going to have like a nervous breakdown, you know, because she's not like a real artist like Kanye is. Yeah. But I think she's going to be very like packaged, bundled up, you know? Yeah. Always. I mean, but I respect, I think she's a hyper competent, Mm -hmm. really impressive songwriter and lyricist. Like you can't knock her there. Yeah. It's just like, you know, I was listening to the song Exile, which was like a, a weird little white nationalist anthem mm-hmm. where like uh, <laughs> the man likens the woman to a country that's no longer his homeland and asks what, what he's defending. Wow. And it's like this whole kind of like... What album is that? Uh, agro um? Folklore. Oh. Uh, and it's like an agro MAGA country song. Mm-hmm. Um, and there's like a lot of movie references because like a classic narcissist, she's always the main character in the movie about her life, whatever. It's always been that vibe, like getting swept up and like, uh, yeah, and being like innocent and wide eyed and uh, concerned. But I think like, but it's mm, it's better when she does that than when she does like badass, like shake it off. Was like <gasps> that one was me, really oh, cringe. That one <laughs> made me feel bad. <laughs> <laughs> or like, yeah, like reputation. I was like, come on, just don't, just be a little baby girl for <laughs> for everybody yeah be like a nice little cheerleader choir girl teacher's pet grade mm-hmm. grubber whatever she is but like yeah her lyrics are like also like again like hyper articulate and like overly detailed but they weirdly like lack any texture because they're a bunch of like weird dead idioms yeah i don't know i can't articulate now what's wrong with her but there's something wrong with her as an artist and <laughs> that she's like 
There's nothing, you know, we're just different. We're on different paths. Yeah. Us and Taylor Swift. <laughs> um, Karen Swift. We have different, yeah, ideologies. Um, I have to. You got to kick rocks. I have to get yeah. out of here. <laughs> Um, I gotta go do my my homework. (laughs) Yeah, it it would have been really the best if it was Taylor spreading her pussy for the Portland cops. That's what we deserve. Not Beanie Girl, yeah. (laughs) Holding an acoustic guitar. See a ukulele. Yeah, (laughs) a banjo. (laughs) See you in hell. See you in hell.